0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard. You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Bruce Maron. Bruce Maron is the founder of Bruce Marin Celebrity Speakers. His company is celebrating their 46th year anniversary. The first two sports stars they represented were a legendary Jackie Robinson and Muhammad Ali. The first two celebrities they booked were Johnny Carson and Michael Landon. They have booked every past president of the U.S. beginning with President Ronald Reagan. They have booked business superstars Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, and Bill Gates. They have booked all the top inspirational and motivational speakers from Dr. Wayne Dyer and Jack Canfield to Tony Robbins and Bob Proctor. With over four decades of experience, they, have, they can custom tailor an event that suits your requirements and budget. They are your one-stop shopping. Bruce and Public Relations has handled worldwide PR campaigns for celebrities, hotel resorts, best-selling authors, and top brands like BMW, Versace, Gucci, Cartier, and Rolls-Royce. That is quite a list.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. And By the way, I just gotta say, number one, you're absolutely gorgeous. You look beautiful in the red and elegant, and mm-hmm. I love your hair. And the first girlfriend I ever had at UCLA had bangs just like that. So mm-hmm. you look stunning. So I had I had to share that with you.
0: Well, thank you so much. And I am so thrilled to have you today and to hear your story, because I'm sure everyone would like to hear about how you booked all these people and your journey. And I bet there were some great stories. So why don't you start out with where you started out?
1: Yeah, well, I think that uh, your listeners and viewers would enjoy this story. First of all, I owe everything to my mom. Uh, I spent, after graduating the UCLA Film School, I had a short uh, job at MGM Grand in, a, in, in the Thalberg building. But for three years, I joined my mom's legendary PR firm. She was one of only two women that helmed a major Hollywood PR firm, and it was a general service movie studios. So for three years, mom taught me the business. But the story that I wanted to start out for you, because I think you'd enjoy it, In the third year that I was working for mom at the movie studio, I heard that Michael Landon was shooting a movie on the lot and in one of the studios there, he would be there. So I said to my mom, I wanna make a a time to go into that studio on the set and try to meet Michael Landon. Because we had been there a long time, the head of the, the gate there, they let me inside the set. I saw Michael Landon do his scene And when he was done, I went up to him and I said, Mr. Landon, I've been a fan of yours ever since Bonanza. I gave him my card. I said, Mr. Landon, if you ever want to have lunch with me, it would be my treat. Uh, You're such a special person in my life. And anyway, two months later, he called me. We had lunch. And he said, Bruce, this is an interesting timing now. I'm working on a brand new show that I think will be a hit. It's called Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) So that story I thought you you would enjoy. So Michael became my very first PR client. And then what started really the success of our company 46 years ago was naturally Michael already was a big star. So uh, I booked him on the Johnny Carson show and uh, he did a great job. And after he was done on, on the Carson show, Johnny Carson came backstage into the green room area. And said, uh, "Bruce, Michael, why don't you come to my home in Malibu? I'd love to have you guys over for dinner." Now, imagine—you know, I'm still a pretty young kid at the time, Mm -hmm. and my PR firm is brand new. And and Johnny Carson is inviting me and Michael to his home. So I was so honored and privileged. And that night, Johnny had some wine. He poured it for us. He he drank a toast to us. He said, "Bruce, you know." You've been bringing really big-name people on my show the last three years, and I think that that's great, but I think you should start the Celebrity Speakers Bureau, and I looked at him, and I said, well, Johnny, that's a great idea, but you know I have a PR firm. I've never booked celebrities, so Johnny, with his, you know, wit and humor, he says, well, Bruce, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to be your very first client, and then uh, Kimberly, then Michael Landon says, hey, he drinks a toast to me. He says, I'll be your second client and then the next day ed mcmahon called me up so that is how my celebrity speakers and entertainment bureau started 46 years ago so i am so blessed and honored that thanks to uh, michael landon and johnny carson that's that's how my business really uh took off so i owe so much to them kimberly and it's been a great joy and passion because one of the things that i enjoy uh, like on Facebook. I know we're on Facebook together. You know, every day I'll post different inspirational posts and I talk about impacting lives. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that I can impact people's lives because I book some of the best speakers and entertainers and sports stars. And when they go out, they impact the audiences, you know, Kimberly. So that's a real gift that I am so blessed that I'm able to book these people to uh, big audiences all over the world, Kimberly.
0: Wow, and then it just went on from there, so was it just um, word of mouth, or did you go out and actually go solicit um, speakers when you were first starting out after you got that start with Johnny?
1: That is a great uh, question. Luckily, of course, I had my PR firm, so we were already doing publicity, so when I was so fortunate to take on Johnny Carson and Michael Landon and Ed McMahon, and also the uh, Freddie De Cordova, who was the producer, the executive producer of the Tonight Show, he became a client. So we started promoting. Back then, they didn't have internet, but we sent out a series of news releases, and we got a lot of press coverage because I was launching a new company, and and these superstars were my clients. So we did publicize and promote it, but I also was able to get referrals because when people like Johnny and Ed McMahon, and Michael would tell some of their colleagues, Bruce is starting a celebrity bureau. It, it all kind of mushroomed uh, from there. And, and that's what led, when you were so nice to mention about the past presidents, uh, President Reagan was the very first president that we ever booked. And he heard about our company and you know came to me because he was living in LA and after he was president, and my office was in LA. So that's how it all really started. But he, uh, President Reagan was the very first uh, president. And uh, what a wonderful guy he was to deal with, Kimberly. I loved it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've heard that about
1: him. That he's- oh, yeah. Oh, he's so, so charismatic. You know, yeah. put politics aside, you may have noticed I've been on Facebook 11 years, I never discussed uh, politics. But what I am saying is whether you're Republican or Democrat, Ronald Reagan was such a wonderful, wonderful guy. People loved him when I booked him. Same thing with President Ford. All the past presidents were really fun, but President Reagan was really special to me because he was the very first president that I ever booked. So that was really a special thing, Kimberly, yes.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. And I'm just curious, how was doing business then so different than the way you're doing business now?
1: Yeah, it really is so so different because when when I was starting out back then in fact it's funny yesterday on Facebook I put a uh, a video of the IBM Selectric typewriter back then that was the top of the line like if you had an office you had a Selectric typewriter okay but we didn't have computers we didn't have faxes there was no uh, internet uh, there were no websites so back then the way we promoted our speakers bureaus is we would assemble once a year a very slick looking, like a magazine. It would be like a color magazine. Mm-hmm. And inside the magazine, we'd have photos of all of our speakers. And then it, it's, it seems so prehistoric now, but back then they had what they called a franked envelope. Have you ever heard of that, a franked envelope? Mm-hmm. What that was, it was, a, it, it was a, like a postcard that the people could fill out and they could send it back to us and it didn't cost them one penny. So that was one way we got responses from all over the United States when the people would get that beautiful glossy magazine, they could fill things out and send the franked envelope uh, back to us. So, because again, there were no websites, we couldn't have people go to the website. So we did that. And then the other thing, of course, back then telephone calling was huge because that was one of the primary ways that we could reach uh, our, our primary targets are called certified meeting planners. These are the event planners. Mm-hmm. So to reach the event planners, whether it's colleges or businesses, we made tons of calls every day. It was a lot of, a uh, lot of phone calling. Now mm-hmm. it's so much easier, of course, because everybody is on our website and we have social media. We have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn so those are great platforms for us to use now but back then like in the 70s 80s uh it was really a lot of phone calling uh and you know it was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it but that has really changed now it's hard to get somebody on the phone you know it's all voicemail you know primarily voicemail and of course now we we text to everybody so things have really changed a lot
0: so when you were making those phone calls to the event planners, how did you um, get them to actually, I know they're gonna pick up the phone, but once you called them, so I'm guessing you were cold calling a lot of these people, they didn't know you were going to call them. Did you have a certain way of um, talking to people or engaging them so that they would be interested in speaking with you?
1: Yeah, that's a brilliant question and a really good question. The way that I've always looked at it as far as the phone calls is that it really technically wasn't a sales call. It was actually a call where I was providing them a service and how can I help make them a superstar by us providing people that are going to make them really look good. So it wasn't like me. For example, I I lived in Calabasas. My next door neighbor was Steve Garvey, the very famous uh, baseball player. I wouldn't call him and say, hey, how would you like to book Steve Garvey the game? what I would do is I would call them and I say, I know that you're in a competitive uh, business. And when you stage your meetings and you have a keynote speaker or presenter up there, it's really important how they impact your audience. So we want to be here to, to book the very perfect person for you so that you'll be a hero after, after the meeting. So we made it more uh, of a thing uh, like in the networking area, You know, it's not give me, give me, give me. It's what can I do for you? So that's the approach that we've always uh, taken, not having a sales tablet in front of us and writing down names and say, how about this person today? We're there more saying, how can we help you with your event? And you know, we would ask them once we had their interest, uh, when is your next uh, date uh, for an event? Uh, where's the city? Do you have a theme for it? So for example, I just flashed in my mind, back in the day when we would say, do you have a theme? There was a theme at one time. Let's go to the moon. In other words, the theme for the corporation at their big meeting was let's go to the moon. You know, let's shoot for the moon. So I was able to book some of the astronauts. Uh, uh, you know, for a long period of time because the astronauts were very, very popular. Uh, astronauts like Wally Shirah and Scott uh, Carpenter and uh, many of the others as well. Um, So we would ask questions. That was the main thing that I would try to do. Not overburden them with questions, but find out like, what's the demographics of the group that, you know, for your next meeting. And then we would make recommendations based on that. But it wasn't trying to sledgehammer them over the head and, you know, uh, say, hey, we're here to sell you. Obviously I was blessed in the sense, back then I could mention, oh, by the way, when I started talking with them, we do represent uh, Johnny Carson and Michael Landon. So we were representing some pretty distinguished people. So that uh, got their attention. But once I had their attention, it wasn't as much selling them as really providing a service for them, because you know every group, every meeting is different. So we're there to try to help custom tailor and make, make their event really memorable. And the one thing I'll say, Kimberly, because we were talking about this way, way back in the early uh, 70s, I came up with this little tagline, and it was, are you tired of listening to the sound of one hand clapping? Tired of listening to the sound of one hand clapping. In other words, there's no clapping at all. And then we would say, well, see, when you work with us, we'll get those standing ovations for your audience. So, the tired of listening to the sound of one hand clapping, it kind of became a a trademark uh, for us that people could identify with because you know the worst thing that happens with a corporate event planner is they book somebody and it's a dud you know and it's boring for them and then they have to take the heat from everybody hey why did you book this person you know yeah so uh you know we we feel like because we've been in this kind of business so long we can book the right kind of person for the right uh, uh, event and and make that meeting planner happy. Because, you know, Kimberly, in our business, the bottom line is if we make our clients happy, they'll become a, a repeat customer.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a PR film firm. So are you taking people who aren't quite famous yet, who are on the way? Do you work with people like that? And yeah. how, do you, how does that work? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, we do. Obviously, I've been blessed in, this, in the sense that we've worked with a lot of celebrities, a lot of sports stars in the PR area. But we, uh, you know, we've been in Vegas now for uh, 30 years and we work with all different kinds of clients and not everybody is a household name. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I enjoy in the public relations side of our business is working with something that's brand new. And an example would be uh, in the 1980s. I don't know. Do you remember Teddy Ruxman the Talking Teddy Bear? Anyway, with Teddy Ruxpin the Talking Teddy Bear, What happened was uh, I I did live in Calabasas. I had an office in Beverly Hills. A dear friend of mine called me. He says, I'm in Sherman Oaks right now. Can you drive over? I want to show you. We have this mock-up of this toy that we're thinking of launching, but I'd love to get your opinion. And the mock-up was Teddy Ruxpin the talking teddy bear. And in his garage, I see this teddy bear. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen. And the teddy bear talked. So I said, this is really something. If you guys move ahead, of course, I want to handle the PR. Anyway, we handled the entire launch. Teddy Ruxpin was the number one selling toy for two years in a row, all around the world. So that was a case where nobody knew who Teddy Ruxpin was. And, uh, you know, we started from scratch, but yet we were able, you know, to create the, the top selling toy in the world. Now, every single campaign is not like that. But to answer your question, yeah, we work with companies. For example, in Vegas, we work with new startup uh, companies. So uh, the fun thing is because I've done this so long, we've really handled PR campaigns in so many different uh, areas. The only area that I would say I'm not an expert is in the financial, the stock area, that's just not an area that I feel I'm an expert in. But all the other uh, areas, whether it's like hotel resort or authors that have, you know, have have, uh, books that are coming out. Uh, I love working with people that have products because when they have a product, then it's something that we can try to help them with consumers create sales. So I do enjoy working in that area, Kimberly. Yeah. Nice.
0: And as you're working with people, you work with authors, you work with people with products, you work with big companies. Um, over the years, have you gotten any aha moments like, oh, I, I didn't know that until I experienced this?
1: Well, the, the first thing that flashed into my mind was Simon & Schuster. We were very lucky. And this was all thanks to my mom the first three years that I did work with my mom. And again, she, she was a legendress in, in PR. She got the Simon & Schuster uh, account. And what that meant was every single month, and they're they're the biggest book publisher in the world, every single month, the top author every month was Simon & Schuster. They were our client. And we would do all of the publicity and, you know, the TV and radio and newspaper and magazine bookings. So, there were a lot of aha moments with Simon & Schuster because we were dealing with, you know, some of the best-selling authors of, of, of all time. So, Many times I, I had aha moments in the sense that wow, this is amazing! I'm I'm, I'm now working with you know these best-selling authors and you know having an, a chance to impact their lives by getting them on TV and radio and newspaper and uh, magazine uh, interviews. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a you know a, 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 a wonderful thing for me. One aha moment uh, again in the publishing area. You remember uh, John Gray, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Now that of course became one of the top number one best-selling books of all time. And being, since you're so big in your industry, you know, he is a psychologist and he put together a very clever book. But anyway, when I first met John, uh, it was a new concept. Nobody knew whether it would be a bestseller. And I was able to work uh, with John Gray from the beginning. And of course, uh, Back then, of course, Oprah was the TV show. It's like if you could get your client on Oprah, you were almost guaranteed that if it was a book, it would become a bestseller. And we did get him uh, on on Oprah. So uh, that was a real aha moment as well, because when you're working on something that's new, you know, and I remember when I got John Gray on Oprah, I thought, aha, this is this is really going to be big. So that that was a great memory. And also, since we were talking about Michael Landon earlier, I also got his daughter, Cheryl Landon. Cheryl's been my client for 35 years. And I got her on uh, Oprah Winfrey. And she had a best-selling book about her dad. That was a Simon Schuster book as well. So uh, I, I've been fortunate to have a lot of aha moments because I've been so fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and um, so many times people say that, people who are closest to you or the people you're going to be most like. So I'm just wondering what people you've kept close to you over the years or who have been your mentors or people, your advisors?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great uh, question. I would say immediately I am a UCLA film school grad. I was fortunate, uh, Kimberly, to go to UCLA at the time where our basketball team, if they lost one game, it was a big thing. Like we had... We had the greatest basketball coach of all time, uh, Coach John Wooden. And I was going to UCLA year after year. Every year, we were were winning the NCAA championship. And Coach Wooden, he won 10 NCAA championships. No other coach will ever do that. I mean, they, they just will never, ever do that. So I was at UCLA, and we were all so proud of Coach Wooden. And then we fast forward, where now I have my Celebrity Speakers Bureau so when we started out, I went to Coach Wooden because we already had a, a nice group of clients. I said, Coach, I went to UCLA all those years. You are my hero. I would love if you would consider working with us. And he had this amazing talk. It was called the Pyramid of Success. Mm-hmm. He used the Pyramid of Success with his athletes, with his team every year. He taught them what was called the Pyramid of Success. So when I started booking coach Wooden, his talk in the corporate area was the pyramid of success. So in answering your question, he was one of my very early mentors because he was so amazing when I was a student at UCLA. And now all of a sudden I'm, wor- I'm working with the greatest college basketball coach of all time. And he really did become a mentor to me. Cause again, when I started working with coach Wooden, I was still a young guy in my twenties. So he was really a mentor. And then I also would say Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson were, because again, they, we go back 46 years when they became clients of mine, 46 years ago, Jackie Robinson, you know, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, and certainly a legendary figure. And I am a Dodgers fan. And I went to games at uh, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. So years later, when he became my uh, client, it was so impressive to me because he broke all the barriers you know when you think of the barriers that he broke besides being an amazing basketball or rather an amazing baseball player and he also went to ucla he went to my uh, my school uh, ucla so he really became a mentor to me because i was in my 20s when i met him and then when we talk about muhammad ali it so happens and I'll, I'll i'll say it the way it's pronounced louisville louisville uh, i was born in louisville and so was he So, the first time I met uh, Muhammad Ali, I said, I'm so proud of what you've achieved, but I just want you to know, uh, Ali, I was born in Louisville, just like you. And he became a mentor to me as well, because I mean, you know, certainly one of the greatest uh, boxing champions of all time. And here he was my client. So, he became a mentor to me as well, because he was so much more than just a great boxer.
0: Yeah. Those were
1: three mentors to me that were. Were, were really big, those three. And then the other one I will say, and again, this is in the psychology arena, is Dr. Wayne Dyer. You were so nice to mention his name earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Of all of the speakers that I have booked, he's one of the greatest speakers that I have ever booked. I think I probably have booked Dr. Dyer maybe a, a, about 50 times. And mm-hmm. he was so amazing. And uh, he kind of beha- became a mentor to me because so many of the things that he talked about were things that I really could, uh, identify with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. He has such a calming effect and just seems like just so, um, it's just easy to listen to him and it makes sense.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with you. And of all the different speakers that I have booked, he would sell more books than any other speaker that I've ever booked. And and believe me, I booked just about everybody you can name. I mean, when he would get done with his talk, people just wanted to buy his book. So yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, he was truly amazing. And certainly I miss him. I, it's about two years since unfortunately he's gone to heaven, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was just really amazing. Yeah.
0: So what makes a fabulous speaker?
1: You're only- well, I, yeah, no, please go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. For me, there's a couple of things that make a great speaker number one if they have a really good overpowering message that that's important mm-hmm. at the beginning if they can have some humor humor at the beginning you know get the audience to laugh it loosens the audience up you know that tom cruise movie remember the line you had me at hello mm-hmm. if you get the audience to laugh at the very beginning you have them uh, at, at, at hello so that's an important thing interacting with the audience is really key if we go back to the 70s, a lot of the speakers would stand behind a lectern or a platform and just stand there. But now the really good speakers, they they interact with the audience. So the interaction with the audience, I think, is really, really important. But the powerful message, if there's one overriding message that they can leave with the audience, that'll be like a what was called a takeaway in our audience. It's really great. If when they walk out the door, there's a takeaway. For them, one overpowering message, it really uh, stays with them. So those would be some of the key initial things that that for me are really, really important. But the really good speakers really connect right from the beginning. They connect. They have the, the audience in the palm of their hand. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the key things that I would say that are very, very, very important. Yeah. Beautiful. And we all want
0: to laugh. So. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. It's so important. It makes such a big difference. It makes a big difference, no matter who they are. I remember President Ford. I mean, some people might not have think back to him, oh, that guy was funny. But in his talks, right at the beginning, he get the get the audience to laugh. Mm-hmm. And it makes such a big difference because when the audience laughs, they're loose and they're, they're, they're with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the laughing is really important. Yes.
0: Yeah. so... Um, if people actually wanted to work with you, either you know, book an event or be a, one of your celebrity celebrities, how would they do that?
1: Well, they're welcome uh, to call us, uh, or the, the easiest thing would be, uh, Kimberly, of course, to go to our website. It's a pretty easy website. It's Bruce Maron's Celebrity Speakers, BruceMaronsCelebritySpeakers.com, and I always am happy to talk with anybody and I, you know it would be my pleasure to connect so I would say the website would certainly be the best but certainly uh, as you're aware we are we have our celebrity speakers bureau platform on Facebook we're on Twitter uh, we're on Instagram on Instagram it's Bruce Marin uh, speakers uh, so many different ways social media certainly and certainly the website as well I want to ask you a question. Are you doing much speaking?
0: I lately, I haven't been been doing much speaking, except for on Facebook.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, you 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 know you're you're amazing. So that's something separate we can we can talk about. I think you'd be amazing. And you're in Atlanta, you're in a big hub there. be not that you're limited to Atlanta, but between Atlanta and Miami and that whole southern uh, area, there's a lot of speaking engagements that that we do in the southern region. so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that.
0: Well, that would be fun. I just love connecting with people. I mean, that's- Well, you
1: have that gift. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you. <laughs> no, but I, I, because I've done this 46 years, I can tell right away. There are some people that come to me and have, you know, in the past, they're brilliant. They're amazing. They're intelligent, but they don't have the gift to speak. Mm-hmm. I, but you, you do have that because you have that passion and charisma. So uh, that, that's another th- last thing that I say. The speakers that are really good have passion and charisma, and it comes through when they're talking. And and, and again, the audience can identify with that passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So this, this is about uh, creating your incredible life. To you, how do you create an incredible life?
1: My answer simply would be when I mentioned to you earlier about impacting lives, I believe that if you a- impact lives daily, that's the greatest gift that you can give people. It doesn't cost any money, but if you can do something every day that impacts somebody's lives, to me, that's that's the greatest, greatest gift because, uh, you know, what's nicer than helping other people and making other people smile or doing something that's going to really affect them uh, every day? That, that, to me, is way more important than uh, making millions of dollars. I mean, making money is nice, but I believe the biggest thing that I can do is impact somebody's life every day. And I always try to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm, I was just so excited to have you and thank you for your stories. And I appreciate what you've done all these years.
1: Well, it's been an honor and a, and a privilege to, uh, to guest with you. And again, you're, you're so elegant. You're so beautiful. It's, it's my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Any last words of advice?
1: Well, I would go back to the impact lives. If you can impact lives, I think that's a great way. It's, it's. I think it's a great gift if you're able to impact people's lives on a daily basis. That's one thing that I, I certainly would love to leave you and all, all the people that might watch or or, or listen. Impact everybody's life every day. It's a real gift.
0: Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Bruce.
1: Kimberly, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you. <laughs>